Welcome to another episode of the Low Expectations Podcast. I'm your host, Ty. You can find me on Twitter at Tweetless21. Yes, that account is followed by Aaron Jones, a.k.a. the best running back in the league. And today we're going to rewind a little bit to week three, what we saw in week three of the NFL season. I have a rant right here at the top um, about sports, but a little a little not on the field, some off the field stuff. Um, and then we're just going to dive into week three and what we saw there, a little Packers-Eagles preview here in the middle hear this show um and then at the end we're going to talk a little nba haven't talked to basketball for a bit some interesting uh contract stuff that i just want to talk about um so yeah that's kind of the show's outline today um so let's just dive right in my opening rant for this episode comes via the los angeles formerly the san diego but now los angeles chargers um so there was a report that came out i think it came out saturday um about the the Rams being upset about the Chargers not pulling their weight money wise and revenue wise, basically with, with in LA. Um, I'm not a Chargers fan. I'm not a Rams fan. I I know a lot of Chargers fans. I know how hard it was for them when they left San Diego. A lot of them, it, it really sucked. But uh, even though they weren't from there, it still sucked. And uh, um, so here's the thing: I don't know what they expect. Uh, the Rams expect when the Chargers are ran by a complete and total moron, one of the worst owners in sports, really underrated bad owner, Dean Sapanos. Um, Really underrated bad owner. Um, I know Chargers fans definitely think he's up there with some of the worst in the league. Uh, One of my best friends, he was tweeting out about this all week, really, and just how bad of an owner the Chargers have and how cheap he is and all that. So the Rams being upset about this, I mean, guys, this is probably what you should have expected. I mean, just look at the facts. You have the Chargers playing in like a 28,000-seat soccer stadium um, with no fans built in in L.A. where they just do not care about the Chargers. Um, at least on the Rams side, they play in the Coliseum. Uh, you, you ha- They've been in L.A. before. They have some fans there from when they were there earlier. So there's more a deeper fan fandom there with the Rams than there is the Chargers. Um, so let's just look at the facts. The Chargers are in the soccer stadium, like I said. They charge way less for tickets um, because they're the Chargers. They're like sixth or seventh fiddle in uh, L.A. when you go down the rankings, when you have the Lakers, the Rams, the Dodgers, the Clippers now are really skyrocketing up the popularity, I'm sure. Um even though they'll never be able to reach Laker levels, but that's a different conversation. So they're in that. They're just not a priority in L.A. Um, and and they're in this stadium. They're not charging much for tickets unless there's a big road fan base coming in with a road team coming in with a huge fan base that's going to really buy up all those tickets, and then they can jack up the prices a little bit <clears throat> when the Packers come. Um, those Packer tickets are crazy. But... um. But yeah, and then you have the Rams and the Coliseum, much, much bigger, like not even comparable, an actual football stadium um, that's been used for a ton of different events. You have the Rams charging four times the amount for tickets. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, it's just this is the least surprising thing that I've possibly ever heard. It sucks for the city of San Diego, which is an amazing city. It sucks for the Chargers fans that Basically, their team is playing 16 road games where the, the, uh, the opposing team's fan base just comes in and completely takes over that, that, that stadium. And Rivers is having to go to a silent count and, um, and all that. So it's just, it just sucks because um, like it's the least surprising thing ever because the Rams charge four times for tickets playing the Coliseum. And then you got the Chargers stuck in the soccer stadium. I know they have that new stadium coming, but but yeah, I mean it, it's just one of the most least surfi- surprising things I've ever heard, really. And it was it was the most predictable because um, you have all those facts and factors into it. So tough for the Chargers fans. And then on top of all that, their team continues to just get devastated with injuries year after year and lose every close game imaginable. It feels like every Sunday, because they usually get that late game, you know, the Chargers. Um, I, I swear every Sunday, that late afternoon game, um, 
it's rivers down four or rivers down three trying to tie it or rivers down seven this last week trying to tie it has the ball at the chance to tie it and then they don't get it done travis benjamin dropped a touchdown pass that was a great throw by rivers and um now they're one and two they they're dealing with all this bullshit off the field which I mean, their their fans and the players on that team that have been there for a while are probably used to it. Um, there was a report about Melvin Gordon possibly coming back here in October. Um, look, I don't know how much that even helps them at this point because, look, Austin Eckler has been great. Justin Jackson's been solid. They don't need Melvin Gordon. That's what I was ta- we talked about in the preview um, of the AFC West. They do not need Melvin Gordon. They have these other two backs that are producing – um, the Chargers' problems are strictly off the field with their facilities are very bad um, in NFL standards and even high-level college program standards. Um, so you have that. And also, they are just so banged up on the field right now. Um, their they, line's been decimated. Their secondary's been decimated. Derwin's not still, Derwin, Derwin might not play this year. Uh, I don't know if he does. It's going to be later in the season. I Okun's back in maybe a month, three weeks if you're lucky. Like these, these are long uh, injuries where long outstanding injuries where it's just, um, and it's just not. It's starting to get a little worrisome if you're a Chargers fan. Um, where it's, um, where I talked, I said this. It's starting to get that feel like this is a year from hell for the Chargers be, because of. Derwin gets hurt before the season. Okun gets hurt before the season. Um, you have this bullshit off the field. And they won some close games last year for the first time in years. That was long, long overdue. But that usually regresses year to year. Um, so they're back to losing every close game imaginable, it seems like. Um, two close losses already. Lost two games by a combined 10 points. Had no business losing that that, that Detroit game. Blew a ten point lead in this Texans game. There's a way that they're three and zero in this season, and you're feeling great with them. Oh man, they're three and zero when they get these guys back. Their roster is so talented. Um, but now they're one and two, and also you can flip it the other way. They easily could have lost that Colts game. They were a vinatieri away from losing that game. So it's just kind of if you want to be glass half full, glass half empty with the Chargers right now. It's uh, if I was a Chargers fan, I'd be worried. I, I would be worried. I've talked to. A, few Chargers fans and they're worried um they really are starting to feel like that team that just has the year where everything goes wrong and it just doesn't work out for them um so yeah I mean it's tough I I I do have a soft spot for the Chargers in, in my heart just because I do know a ton of Chargers fans like I've said and just all the bullshit they always have to go through year for year, year by year. They're just such a beaten down fan base where they fully expect the worst to happen at all times. Um, and then you still, though, you, like you look at this roster and when they're healthy, it's just such a fun roster. And I just love the talent on this team when they're healthy. But it's it's getting dark early. They get Miami this week. They're like 17 and a half point favorites in that game. That's got to be a win. They're going to win that game. They're going to be back to two and two, and then we can go from there. Um, hopefully, they can get healthy. And I mean, I mean, you look at that. Keenan Allen's been great. I haven't really talked about him much on the show. We we should definitely give him a shout out. He's been fantastic um, this season. He's been really a top five receiver this season. Anyway, you slice it through three games, um, and when when they're fully healthy, those weapons are are really really nice um they lost hunter henry for the year they lost another tight end this week maybe antonio gates comes back i know they love gates but i mean he hasn't really been a productive tight end in a few years now so i don't know man i mean it's it's nice to get miami this week um I didn't mean I'm I'm going super deep on the Chargers here, but uh, it's just with with the off the field stuff. They're they're never not entertaining the Chargers, you know. So they always have something going on. Um. So yeah, I mean th- these next three, it's a it's a it, these next three, it's 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 pretty nice. Um, and they have the talent to really beat anyone except probably New England and Kansas City. Maybe they can beat Kansas City if they had Derwin, but um, but uh. So they get Miami this week. That's a win. 17 and a half point road favorites. <laughs> um, 
then they're home for the Broncos. So you got a combined 0 and 16. Oh, and then they're home for Pittsburgh. So their next three games are with teams that currently have not won a single game. So they could reel those off and be four and two going into at Tennessee. Then 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 they hit a tougher stretch at Tennessee at Chicago. Then the Packers come to town where that's going to be glorified home game for Green Bay. I can tell you that right now. That's going to be nothing but Packer fans in that stadium. Um, so yeah, maybe they can get to four and two here and then hopefully get healthy and see what they can do. But, um, but yeah, it's just, it's never, there's never a dull moment with the chargers. When you factor in the off the field stuff, they're always, um, entertaining on the field. They're always in these close, crazy games that they somehow always lose. Um, so yeah, the chargers are fun to talk about and I do feel bad for their fans though. I, I just, I hope, hopefully they can flip this around before it really is just a year from hell. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of my opening rant just about the chargers and, um, just man, Wow. I can't even imagine being a fan of that team. Like the mental struggle that it is to be a fan of the chargers has to be off the charge because, and really one of the most tortured fan bases in all of sports. Um, I don't know where they're, where I don't know. I I think people realize that, but if they don't, the Chargers fans truly believe they're cursed. So they're at that point where they actually truly believe there is something working against them. They have all this off the field stuff. Their team was taken from them. I think a lot of them still followed them to uh, LA. It's close enough, you know, to San Diego. And then you got fans not in San Diego that don't live in San Diego that still followed them. Um, So they had their team move. Their owners of, like fucking idiot they have all these heartbreaking losses i mean really they're one of the most tortured fan bases in all sports so for my chargers fans friends mental health um hopefully they can flip this around but um yeah so that's kind of the opening round of the show um it's going to be kind of a new thing that i do i think it's pretty nice to just get some thoughts out um all right so next uh, the next place we have to go week three in the nfl there's really only one place to go uh, when we're talking about what happened this past week, and that's that's with Daniel Jones. Um, I'm not ready to take the L yet. Uh, I was very anti-Daniel Jones, not even just like where they picked him, but like I probably have tweets out there. I would not pick him in the first round. Um, and I, I stand by it. I, I'm not going to take the L because he lit up the – Bucks, terrible defense. Um, I, I, I'm just not. I, I think that. Hey, you know, I never thought he could do that at the NFL level, so I was wrong on that. Um, he was great. <laughs> he was throwing the ball all over the place, making some impressive throws, using his athleticism, which he has had, and I guess that was the thing for him. But here's the thing with Daniel Jones, guys. Um, he he was he didn't have like the greatest traits. Like he doesn't have the greatest arm. He doesn't have like this. Oh my God arm. Like even that Josh Allen had where you can be like, okay, I can see how a team would talk themselves into Josh Allen. He has a massive arm. I I mean, I would never talk myself into Josh Allen. I still don't think he's any good at all. But like with Daniel Jones, he didn't have that. He was athletic, but he didn't have like a crazy cannon. Um, And he wasn't producing like in college guys he 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 wasn't putting up numbers at duke in the acc you know where the acc is right now that's one of the bottom power five conferences in college um it's nowhere near the talent that the sec has or even the big 12 and big 10 right now that's the acc has really fallen off because um miami and florida state have just they're just not where they used to be in program wise, you know, they could definitely get back, but right now they're just not, they're not there to that level where they used to be, be at. So Daniel Jones was not putting up stats against a very weak conference power to power five standards. So that like, that is similar to Josh Allen where he's Josh Allen was in the mountain West and had a terrible completions percentage. His stats weren't impressive at all, but he had this cannon was super athletic. So again, you can still see why a team would be like, you know, there's stuff to work with here with Daniel Jones. There was really, in my opinion, and Hey, maybe I just flat out missed and a bunch of other people did too. And it is what it is. And he's going to make everyone look dumb that doubted him. 
Um, you know, let's see more though. Uh, he, Washington, much better defense than Tampa, not a better team. They're terrible, but so maybe he can get another win this week. Giants minus three. Um, picks coming later this week, by the way, probably tomorrow post Packers game. So recap of that game and then give out week uh, four picks. But um, yeah, so like, I mean, good for him, man. I mean, obviously you can get better, you can develop and get better, but as a player and, but really, man, coming out, you, I, I really don't see how you can blame people. And if, if they're totally wrong, then, Hey, laugh at us that were doubted Daniel Jones, but coming out guys, there was nothing. The arm was meh. The, the, he was athletic, but you know, you know, not, not like a crazy athlete. He's fast. He's fast. He's definitely fast, but uh, like, that's really it. The accuracy really wasn't there. His fundamentals were terrible. I, I have, t- I tweeted out multiple clips where, multiple. You can go find them and again retweet them if he just goes off and wins rookie of the year and the Giants found their franchise quarterback, and you know, hey, I'll take the L. But I'm just saying, there were multiple clips of him. It's a three step drop. The ball needs to come out on the third step. Cause he's throwing an out route or he's throwing a quick, he's throwing a quick post or a skinny post or a quick slant or whatever it was. And he's hitching. There was one that was so egregious where he, he did his drop. Um, and he hitched like eight times and then threw it and the ball got tipped out of bounds. The tape was not impressive. His arm was meh. And there wasn't much to really work with there. It didn't look like so. So yeah, I, I laughed at the Giants when they picked him sixth. I couldn't believe he went over Haskins. I couldn't believe he went in the top ten. Like I said, I want to pick him in round one. Um, but hey, maybe he's good. Now one game, I think in today's NFL with the wide open kind of high scoring games that we're seeing, where it's getting harder and harder for defenses. The offense is miles ahead of the defense, just innovative wise. Um, and you know, it's really hard to play defense in this league with how they, how they referee these games, um, that you, a guy with some talent can have a game like that. But I mean, he did it without Saquon. Saquon left in like the second quarter. He's out 48 weeks. So that's killer that he's not going to have Saquon. I think Golden Tate comes back after this week. I mean, he really only did it with Evan Ingram. This Giants team sucks, guys. They suck. Um, but hey, I mean, it, it, you know, I, it, I don't, I don't want to just say, oh, now Daniel Jones is good, and I missed on my evaluation, and so did everyone else. A lot of guys that I really respected their opinion felt very similar to me, um, but I never even thought he could do what he did on Sunday. Um, really, but Hey, I mean, if he, if this is what he is and he's actually a franchise quarterback, I'll, I'll gladly take the L, but let's, let's see a bit more. Um, This will be a tougher defense on Sunday, but he is at home. Um, and then I think he plays the Patriots on a, on a Thursday night. So the Daniel Jones hype could easily crash and burn very quickly here. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. Uh, right now, hey, might have been wrong, but uh, we'll see. Um, another rookie, or not rookie, second-year quarterback that I probably got to talk about, and this will be a kind of a combination, Kyle Allen for the Carolina Panthers. He goes into Arizona again, another very bad defense. The Cardinals' corners are made-up players, I swear, but um, um, with Pat Peterson still out. But, uh, hey, 38 points, really looked good. Uh, hit DJ Moore on a big play. Um, you know, it's funny. I, one of my best bets was Carolina minus two and a half. And I did that Wednesday night. If you remember last week, that's the last time we recorded. Um, and that was one of my picks. And I thought Cam was going to play. <laughs> I thought Cam was going to play at that point, And he ended up not playing. And I was panicking. I was like, shit, well, I probably lost that one. But, uh, because, you know, Arizona, they looked frisky against Detroit, tied that game, um, looked decent against Baltimore, kept that game close. 
Um, so I thought, damn, man, I'm going to remove that. The line moved from when I picked it, I picked Carolina minus two and a half. It moved to Arizona minus two and a half. So I was really already kind of chalking that up to a loss. And then, hey, he comes out and he flat out balls out. They win 38-20. And, yeah, I mean, that's big. In a division where the Falcons are reeling, Tampa's terrible, maybe, just maybe, um, Kyle Allen can keep the Panthers in this enough time for Cam to get fully healthy, and then they go from there. They play at Houston this week. They're four-point underdogs last I checked. Um, I'd pick Houston in that game to win. Uh, I don't think that's going to be one of my picks for tomorrow, but I think that's a winnable game for Carolina. Uh, I, just fantasy-wise, I think Christian McCaffrey is a nice play for that. Um, that's not breaking news or anything. Christian McCaffrey is one of the best running backs in the league and one of the most productive. But uh, the Texans have a defense where they just like funnel stuff underneath, and I could see Christian McCaffrey having like a nine-catch game also rushes for 90 yards, kind of like the game Kamara had last week where he just has a really big game. And I think Kyle Allen is good enough possibly to keep a Carolina, a Carolina team, which I've been higher on than most because I do believe in their roster talent more than others. Um, and I believe in Cam a lot more than others do, especially right now, where they can keep he can keep them in this thing. Um, I know the Saints, they looked like the Saints last, uh, and they killed Seattle. That was another one of my picks. Saints plus four and a half, easy win there. Um, but I don't think that's going to be an every week thing where they get a defensive touchdown and a special teams touchdown. Um, although I do trust Peyton to give Teddy easy throws and give a good game plan around him. But I don't think the Saints, are, Saints definitely aren't going to look like that every week. And I think Kyle Allen might just be good enough to keep Carolina in it long enough to where Cam gets fully healthy and then maybe they can show their full potential as a team when Cam gets back. And this kind of will transition into Cam's future because it's been a topic on on uh, social media, on some different platforms this week, just the future of Cam Newton. And I saw someone say that, this is on Twitter now, um, but uh, someone's like, well, who would even want Cam? And that's just, at this point, who would even want him? Um, and that's just absurd to me. Truly, truly absurd. I know I'm much higher on Cam than others, but and the reason I'm much higher on Cam is because, guys, when he's right, he his peak is as good as anyone else's in the league, and I will stand by that. His 2015 season, taking that team, where it was Ted Ginn and Greg Olson, those were their top two options. Christian McCaffrey wasn't on the team yet. It was Jonathan Stewart. And, and uh, guys like that, I think D'Angelo Williams was involved in that team. Now, the defense was great, but Cam that year was just so special. And he's had stretches like that. He's definitely inconsistent. But this idea, and I've seen Cam make throws that it's Mahomes and Rodgers. No one else on maybe Russell Wilson. No one else in the world can make throws like that. Like, I've seen Cam three-step drop with a guy right in his face, drop a ball 50 yards down the field, right at the pylon, perfect accuracy. And it's just like, holy shit. That's why I believe in Cam. Um, and just this idea that Cam doesn't have a market is what this guy was saying. Like, I don't know who would take him. It's like, are you kidding me? Are you, I mean, okay, come on. I mean, we're, we're all, we're all smarter than that. Cam Newton wouldn't have a market. Guys, Mike Glennon went on the market. Now, this was, I guess, different. and uh, The NFL's changed a bit. Just, But this was this was three years ago. Mike Glennon went on the open market and got $15 million guaranteed. This is Cam Newton, who's only 30 years old. Uh, maybe he's on the tail end of his career. I do still believe um, in him. And, and you want to tell me he doesn't have a market? I mean, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, just go through the list of teams that could possibly need a quarterback just after this year. If Carolina's like, hey, we're gonna move on. The dead money's not that the debt the the dead money isn't much, you know, all that. We're gonna go we're gonna go ahead and move on. I mean, there is a there'd be a list of teams that would be ready to sign Cam Newton or hell, trade for Cam Newton. I'll go through the list. Tennessee. Whether they have Marcus Mariota, who has his option here, that's why they didn't extend him, or Cam Newton. They take Cam in a second. Um, 
I mean, we can just, I mean, so Tennessee, there's one. Um, Denver, possible. I mean, I'm not going to even throw them in, but they're possible. You know, Elway always wants that veteran quarterback. If they just have a complete das- disaster of the year and go 4-12, and 3-13, whatever it is, and they still don't think um, Drew Locke is ready, and hell, they didn't, it's not like they picked him in the first round. They have a, they picked him in the second, which is still high, but it's not like the first round pick where they have the pressure to get him in. Hell, why not take a flyer on Cam? Um, you've seen Elway take a flyer on fucking Joe Flacco. I mean, guys, that's the, the, the idea that Cam Newton, an MVP four years ago, would not have a market when we literally just saw a team give up assets for Joe Flacco is fucking absurd. I mean, come on. Guys, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, possible. Again, I'm not even going to list Denver and Pittsburgh but because uh, Pittsburgh, they, they do seem to believe in Rudolph, um, but still. So we got Tennessee, that's one. Oakland, they're moving to Vegas. Derek Carr, not the answer. Didn't draft a quarterback last year. They're moving to Vegas. John Gruden is in win-now mode constantly. You don't think they'd take a chance on Cam Newton? And Cam Newton's a big enough name that they could sell tickets in Vegas? That's, that's, that's the one that just jumps out like, yeah, they'd be interested. So there's two. And we're going to keep going here. Um, just scrolling through the teams, the bears, <laughs> the bears, the bears are in win now mode with their roster. They've went all in with their moves. Um, they really don't have much cap space. Um, you wouldn't, you're telling me they wouldn't take a flyer on Cam Newton after what we've seen from Mitch Trubisky. And I, and again, on Trubisky here real quick, people's kind of gassing him. Oh, look at Mitch. You know, he had a really nice game. No, he didn't. I know the numbers are what the numbers are, but that's why we don't box score, um, scout on this, on this podcast. We don't do that. He, had two of the easiest touchdown passes I've ever seen in my life. Literally anyone that's a human being could make those throws. Um, he had a really nice throw to Gabriel down the sideline, but he still missed guys. He was inaccurate. Um, that defense won that game for them. The Bears would be all over Cam Newton. I really, truly believe that. The Bears would be all over Cam Newton if he became available. So there's three. Moving on. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Again, it's the same with Tennessee. They did not extend Winston. Winston. Uh, he's on that fifth year option. This is kind of his prove it year. They're one and two. Um, Winston did play well on Sunday, but he's not been good this season outside of that game. Um, you're telling me they wouldn't be interested in Cam Newton. So there's four. They, and again, with an older coach in Bruce Arians, absolutely. I mean, he took a chance on Carson Palmer. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think that, uh, that they'd be interested Arians believes he can fix anyone. I'm sure a guy with Cam's talent, he would love, love, love to take a chance on. Um, So there's four just right there. And that's, I mean, another one, Cincinnati. Dalton, you know, I think Dalton kind of gets a bad rap. I think he might, he's probably better than most people think. But still, he's not the answer there, clearly. Um, uh, And I just, and they'd, they'd be in the, they'd probably be in the market for a veteran quarterback. That that's another team right there that I think would definitely take a chance on Cam Newton. So we're up to five. We're up to five right now, guys. Um, and that you know, there's other teams that we don't even know that maybe they take a run at Cam. Maybe they, you know, maybe the Josh Allen thing just goes terrible, and the Bills look at their roster and say, "Hey, hell." We have a great defense, a great defense. They were the second best defense in the league last year statistically. They're off to a great start again this year. Their secondary is loaded. They got guys up front. I think Jerry Hughes is one of the most underrated pass rushers in the league. Their defense is kind of stacked. And maybe they just look at it and say, and now he's a top 10 pick. This is a stretch. But I'm just saying, you know, desperate teams will do it. We'll do something like that maybe i don't think they'll be desperate they've been very patient in their team building so that's probably a, a stretch but my point is is the the idea that cam newton wouldn't have a market is fucking ridiculous quarterbacks that have even shown any inkling inkling of success and talent in the nfl will get chance after chance after chance <clears throat> except colin kaepernick um but but really i mean i was blown away when i saw that and then he like argued with was my actually my homie arguing back and forth and I was just looking at it like what the fuck like you clearly don't have any idea what you're talking about because there's multiple teams that would take a chance on the, the guy that was an MVP 4 years ago so so yeah that's another kind of rant but just the cam hate has gone too far the other way now maybe you want to say in 15 hey it was too far that way and maybe he's somewhere in the middle and that 15 is an outlier and maybe he's somewhere in the middle between the ninth and 
12th best quarterback in the league. I mean, maybe that's true. But, guys, I mean, we see it all the time. Quarterbacks get chance after chance after chance. He'd absolutely have a market. I don't know what 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 a, what a team would be willing to give up if they were going to trade him, trade for him, but he would absolutely have a market. There's really no doubt about that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I could go through the list of veteran quarterbacks that have not been good and then got in a big contract. Like, there's this is this is just this is one on one stuff. I can't believe I even had to talk about that. Um, but the cam hate's gone way too far, way too far. So, more on week three. Moving on, um, the Browns. Uh, they were they were the reason I didn't go six and zero in my picks, guys. I'm rolling right now. Um, they lose that game twenty to thirteen to the to the Rams. Um, there's and there's they're really struggling right now. They're one and two. A lot of hype around that team. Uh, I I talked in the AFC North preview back now almost two months ago where I said I think Freddie Kitchens is going to be good. Might have to take the L on that one already. I'm willing to admit I was wrong on that one uh, already because. It's I don't get what they're doing. I mean, let's 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 move past that he does the draw on fourth and nine in the fourth quarter. Um, and then they get down near the goal line with multiple timeouts and don't run the ball one time. It just there was one where they showed the replay and it was like third and eight, and they were backed up, and I think Baker ended up getting sacked. And it was like two go routes on the right side, and then a deep post and it's like your line sucks it's third and eight it's not third and 30 like what are you doing what do you, it just it made no sense um there's a lot of baker hate right now baker was a guy i really liked coming out i was i was really high on him i thought he was the second best quarterback in the draft after lamar um and I still believe in Baker. I'm I'm not really worried about Baker. I think the people that are acting like Baker's not good are in are pretty crazy right now, and I think they'll come back to regret that. Um, I think right now the coaches just and Kitchens especially just does not know what he's doing. And hey, he might be over his head because then he goes in the press conference and that was cringeworthy. Um, so yeah, I mean it, it's it's not looking good. The Browns are now six and a half point favorites on the road in Baltimore. You know, you don't want to say a must win, but it's that's that's damn close to to a must win. It's kind of like Philly tomorrow, um, and we'll get to that here in a second. But uh, it's a game where you're you're playing your division rival, and you can't go one and three and have them be three and one and have now the head to head over them. I know you play again, but still, um, I, I I don't know. I, I don't know what to think of Cleveland because I still do believe in Baker. I. I just think Baker thrives off this stuff. I mean, he he called out Rex Ryan today for calling him overrated. Um, I like Baker. I, I know he's probably rubbing people all, all the wrong way at this point. With He does like to talk, and he carries himself a certain way. Um, but, hey, he's had to do that. He's just developed in that. He's had a chip on his shoulder forever. He had to walk on Oklahoma. He's had to prove people wrong every step of the way, really. he's. I think I just – I do like Baker, and I, I hope he can turn this around because I still believe, and I think it'd be foolish to to not believe. He's been his line's been really bad. Um, that's when you look back and realize when they trade away one of their best linemen for Vernon, who's a good player. It's just like, oh man, you, you might regret that now. Um, I don't know if they do, but you know, you might have some real second thoughts on that. Just with how bad your lines looked, Baker's running for his life back there. So yeah, I mean, it, 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 huge game for them. Uh, I think, you know, it's, I got to look deeper in that game, um, into that game to see what I think. I think it's the line six and a half. It seems high. It really does because even though they've been bad, their offense has been bad, and I think Baltimore's defense could completely just swallow up this Browns offense and their D line. Jeez, man, Baker's going to be running for his life again. I'm sure he's going to take a lot of hits. Um, but six and a half still seems high. Um, probably talk more about that game tomorrow. Just a little preview. Um, but that's a huge game for them. And just, so yeah, uh, rough start for the Browns. And 
I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm saying I was fully wrong on Freddie Kitchens. He, he just looks like deer in the headlights. Doesn't look like he knows what he's doing, and just what he's doing on offense is so. It's, it's, it's not good. I mean, just, I mean, there's multiple times where it just stands out. It's like, holy shit, that's terrible. The, the, the draw on fourth and nine, the play calling when they get down near the goal line, um, the, that all that basically a fucking four verts on third and eight backed up when your line's been getting slaughtered and Donald is breathing down his neck and here comes and he, and and here comes this Rams defensive line that's that's got a lot of talent on it, and, and one of the best defensive tackles of all time is breathing down your neck and Donald, and and you want to run a four verts? That's basically what it looked like. Um, brutal, brutal. Um, but moving on again, more week three. Let's talk Seattle. Um, so they're two and one, and. Let's have a conversation about Seattle because they beat the Bengals who are now 0-3. They beat them by one in week one. Probably shouldn't have won that game. I mean, they got really lucky. Bad call at the end. Shocker happened in Seattle. I mean, God. Um, brutal. Um, somehow that always happens. Interesting. And then they beat Pittsburgh who lost Big Ben in the second quarter by four on the road. Okay, you know, Pittsburgh hung with San Francisco. These the good win, good win in Pittsburgh. Um, and then they go home and they don't only lose to the Saints, they get beaten down. I know the final score indicated it was closer than it was. But that was not a close game. Not a close game. The Saints completely dominated that game. And I, I think Seattle's just a bunch of frauds. I, I I they're fraudulent in my opinion. I know they're two and one, but I said back in like I want to say July. I thought the Niners were a better team than than the Seahawks, and I stand by that right now. My rankings in that division would be Rams one, Niners, Seahawks, and then Cardinals. Obviously, I just Seattle. Now I hate Seattle, so I think it's hilarious what I'm about to talk about. But if I was a Seattle fan, I would just be losing my mind. I understand Pete Carroll's success, and I'm not saying fire Pete Carroll at all. I, I think he's a good coach. He deserves to have a job. All that. Um, and he's probably there for life at this point after what he's done there. He's a great coach, but he is so far behind on where the offensive game is going. He's so far behind and the coordinators he hires suggest that. And then the way they go out and play suggests that this is one of the most run heavy teams in the NFL when they have Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, as weird as he is, and he's weird as hell, is a top five quarterback in the NFL talent wise. And they use him like he's still a rookie and they have Marshawn and it's just score 20 points and no way anyone's scoring that on their defense. That's still how they play. This defense is flawed now, Pete Carroll. <laughs> this defense is flawed now. That secondary is not very good. Um, it's a full kind of rebuilding season where it's like, hey, we can still be competitive because of Russell Wilson, and they still can be. Obviously, I think they're going to threaten for a wild card in this, I think, in this. But uh, I just, it's so, it's fucking terrible how they use Russell Wilson. Um, and we got the explicit tag, so I'm just letting it fly now. We got the explicit tag. So, I mean, I'm just letting it fly. Um they they use him like he's still a rookie and this fourth or third round pick that they need it needs to manage the game. Hey, Pete Carroll, little secret. Russell Wilson is fucking amazing at football. Let him I hope they don't. I hope they keep playing this way. And there's really no suggestion that they're not. They're gonna change. I think they're gonna keep doing this. But Seattle, what Seattle does is so simple and so stupid. And really it's just, hey, we're gonna we're gonna try this this run the ball, ball control type thing. Oh, and then we're going to fall behind. We're going to fall behind. They were behind in the in the Cincy game. They were behind big against the Saints. And then it's like, oh, and then we're going to be like, oh, Russell Wilson bails out. It's why they have so many comeback wins. Because then when they're behind, it's like, oh, shit, we got to open it up. And then Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. Um, and I know Seahawks Twitter. Seahawks Twitter is a weird place, really weird place. But um, 
Um, I know they go crazy about it and they should, I would, if I was, if I was a, like I said, if I was a Seahawks fan, I'd be losing my mind at this game plan every week where it's like, Russ, bell us out. Now that we're down double digits, it's terrible. It's terrible. I mean, it's just, um, I would have them on the outside looking in of the playoffs right now. I just don't trust that defense. I think the NFC's loaded. Um, it's way too early to talk about that. Injuries are going to happen. Teams are going to get better. Teams are going to slip off, you know, the whole thing. But brutal, brutal, pretty brutal for for to watch. And then when they let Russ be Russ, it's it's amazing because he's, he's so good. But you know, I hope they keep doing that because I really hate Seattle with every – fiber of my being i just cannot stand them p carol smug fucking face the 12 minute bullshit like man fuck out of here man but uh yeah i just i don't believe in them i do not believe in that team because i think the coaching's bad on offense at least they're good p carol's an amazing defensive coach he turns every defensive back into into a star it seems like you know but they do they do that secondary is not good right now um and you know they, they got some talent up front uh, but I, I just, I don't believe in them right now. Um, and I think they're on, they're on a buy this week, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my Seahawks thoughts. I thought, um, that's why I know why I love the saints. Oh no, they're, they're at Arizona at Arizona. Yeah. 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 At Arizona four and a half point favorites. Um, probably gonna be three and one probably going to win that game and then go into a home game on a Thursday night. So short week for the Rams Rams coming in. So that's the next Thursday night game. So, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, that, I just wanted to kind of rag on the way Seattle plays for a minute here. Two more things and we'll get out of here. Um, Packers Eagles tomorrow night, uh, maybe t- tonight, if you're listening Thursday morning, probably going to get this out late Wednesday th- afternoon sometime. Um, yeah, my team. At home on a short week, the Packers are up to five and a half point favorites. Who boy um, against the Eagles team? That's kind of like the Browns. Like they're, they're 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 it's scary because it's a desperate team with a ton of talent. Desperate team with a ton of talent coming in with a good coach. Um, I'm nervous. Uh, this game worries me probably more than any other game has. Uh, I really did think they beat the Bears. I thought they'd get Minnesota at home, and obviously I thought they'd beat Denver. I'm worried about this game. What's kind of been the thing to calm me down just as a Packers fan is short week, banged up team. Short week, banged up team on the road uh, with a, a lot of their secondary banged up. Um, their injury report was ridiculously long uh, the other day. Alshon is full goal, so Alshon Jeffrey's going to be playing that's going to be interesting to see what Green Bay does with Alshon there. Uh, I don't know if they're going to just stick Kevin King on him. I don't think so. That's not really what Green Bay does. Um, but I think Kevin, you'll see a lot of Kevin King on him. And I think I think they're going to bracket him a lot because I don't think when he's when he's not lined up to King, I think if Jair's on him, even though Jair's better than King, King has the the height to match up with Alshon. Jair has the physicality to do it, but he do, he just doesn't have the height. Um but hey, I'm not ever going to doubt Jair. But I, what I would imagine is if he's not lined up with King, they'll kind of bracket him. Um, you know, you got Ertz that you got to worry about. I think Green Bay has the personnel to finally match up with a tight end. I mean, you go back and you used to see tight ends just kill Green Bay. You know, Vernon Davis uh, historically would just destroy Green Bay in those big Packers-Niners games back in the day. But um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you got that. Um, Roby looking like he's not going to play for Philly. Now, again, maybe this stuff will change, but short week, the game's tomorrow. I mean, that's the crazy thing about Thursday. They, Thursday night games, they really do sneak up on you. Line's five and a half, like I said. Stay away from me. I'm not. It's not one of my picks. I think this is going to be a good game because I think Green Bay at home at night, That's Green Bay's always been great at home, really. Um, and... And yeah, I mean, you got a desperate Eagles team that, I mean, if they fall to one and three, you know, it's the same with Cleveland where it's just, it's a kitchen sink game for Philly. And that's, it just scares me. It just, I have a really bad feeling about it as a Packers fan. 
It's just a kitchen sink game for Philly, a team with that much talent you really don't want to see coming in on a short week. Um, now, that's kind of like mental things. Now, if you just want to look at on the field, hey, man, still no Deshaun. Deshaun would have been a killer for Green Bay. I, he would have been really scary. So they don't have that deep threat. Aguilar, who's so very average, um, it seems like, is not you're not he can stretch the field but it's and maybe he does get a big play but you're not really losing sleep over Aguilar um Goddard and Ertz and that's a nice combat tight end combination uh their line's a bit banged up on both ends and then their secondary's killed with injuries so you want to flip to the other side of the ball where I do have a bit more confidence in this offense finally getting going and I want to talk about this so there's been a lot of talk there's been a lot of talk about Green Bay's offensive struggles and hey rightfully so you have Aaron Rodgers one of the all-time great quarterbacks as your quarterback you have a new coach and hey it's off to a bad start even though they're three and oh um so yeah it's going to get talked about um I'm hoping this is their breakout game. I, 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 I've talked about it on Twitter. I, I think this can be their breakout game. Um, I think it's possible that it, it is. And I, you know, I, they do have problems on offense right now. I, but I, I really would chalk a lot of it up to being it's early in the season. Um, you know, the players are still learning the system from, from all accounts. Uh, the LaFleur system is very you know, detail oriented, oriented, um, you know, tough to, tough to figure out, I guess. Um, so the team's still learning and Rogers, especially, uh, and then, uh, more problems though. You got Geronimo Allison. He's been brutal. He's been brutal. He had a fumble in that Minnesota game that really turned the momentum. He had a drop last week. Uh, they're trying to run these quick little, plays to him where to get him in space i'm like that's not his game like get him over the middle and hopefully he can make some tough catches and you know maybe he can break one occasionally but just that's not geronimo's game at all hopefully he can improve i do think they need another receiver we'll see if they're aggressive and they do that um and then also i just think they're getting way too cute on offense like i just you see these little bubble screens to Geronimo or MVS, who I do. I think they should try and get him in space more, but I just think they're getting too cute right now while everyone's learning. You know, maybe when everyone has the offense memorized, like the back of their hand, hey, maybe implement some of that stuff. Um, but to me right now, don't need to get cute. You do not need to get cute. Um, get the ball to your best players, period. That means get the ball to Devontae, force feed Devontae, and get the ball to Aaron Jones. Um just do that. I mean, four targets for Devontae on Sunday, not nearly enough. LaFleur and Rodgers have talked about this week. Got to get the ball to him more. Got to get the ball to him more. I, there's not a, there's no reason Devontae shouldn't have a massive game tomorrow. He should have a big game. Um, there's no one on Philly that can come close to staying with him and just force feed him. Force feed your best players while, while you guys figure out this offense. Um, I mean... Yeah, I mean, so no no Darby for Philly. Um, he's definitely out. That's not going to change. I just really think this is becoming a game, even though now Alshon's in. I think this is becoming a game for that Green Bay has to win. It's a banged-up Eagles team on the road on a short week. Just straight-up win the game. Um, you know, you just have a lot of injuries for Philly. Uh, Deshaun's not going to play. You had, I'm sure guys are going to, some guys are going to tough it out and play the guys that were limited in practice, you know, maybe, you know, Derek Barnett probably plays, you know, whatever we'll see Alshon is going to play. Um, but yeah, I'm just worried. Cause I mean, I've been one of the biggest fans of Philly really in this run. Like that's not an actual Eagles fan. Like I don't like the Eagles, but I just think the way they've built this team, the way they team built Howie Roseman is one of the best, uh, GMs in the league. And I just think it's, I think Doug, Doug Peterson is a really good coach and I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm really, really nervous for this game. I just, the talent, the desperation for Philly and all that. But at the end of the day, the Packers need to just take care of business. You're at home on a short week against a team that is banged up, really banged up. Take care of business. It, it's going to be a great game. Um, 
probably pick Philly to cover the spread. I'd pick Philly to cover Green Bay wins. How about that? Philly covers Green Bay wins. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's a, probably a classic. I really do believe that because Philly thrives on this underdog role. They probably love that people are counting them out. That's why I just hate it. I cringe when everyone, if anyone says, oh, Philly, you know, this is it for this is a must win. It's like, Jesus, they just come through every single time it's been that, um, you know, and just every time their back's been against the wall since they be kind of became this juggernaut that is the Eagles when it's they've come through. When Wentz got hurt in that Super Bowl run, they just came through every time and they buried teams. Last year, they go into St. Louis. I remember that game. They are third, not St. Louis, Los Angeles. Um, they are 13-point underdogs, if I remember correctly. Almost two scores. And they win the game outright with Nick Foles a week after Wentz got hurt last year. And then they reel off two more wins and and they're in the playoffs. Like this is just what the Eagles do. It feels like so. I'm pretty scared. Um, more on Green Bay's offense. Like I, I'm not really too worried about it. Um, Green Bay has always struggled early in the year. One and two start in 2012. One and two start in 2013. One and two start in 2014. Um, and the 2014 offense is the one I want to talk about just real quick. Um, through three games in 2014, an offense that was incredible. And I talked about this a little in the last show, but week one, 16 points in Seattle. They truly got embarrassed that game, got killed that game. Week two, they scored 31 points. But if you remember, that was against the Jets. They had to come from behind. The offense was settling for field goals a lot early in that game. And then they kind of finally broke through. Now, um, that was against a bad Jets team at home. They go to Detroit. They're one and one. They go to Detroit in week three. They score seven points. They lose that game. They were one and two. One and two. And there were, I remember that's when the relax comment came out. <laughs> that's when the relax comment, an all time, uh, an all time quote from Rogers, R E L A X, relax. You know, we're going to be okay. Uh, that's when that came out after that Lions game. And then he just went on to win the MVP and they went 12 and two after that and burned the entire league down and would have made the Super Bowl if not for a certain backup tight end. So I think this offense is going to be okay. Now, talent-wise, the 14 offense was much, much more talented than this offense. You had Jordy at his peak, comparable to Devontae. Um, honestly, I'd probably pick peak Devontae over peak Jordy, but it's close. I mean, that, that's close. Um, you had Randall Cobb, best season of Randall Cobb's career, unbelievable slot slot weapon there. Um, they they just they had a ton of – and then they had young Devontae. Like they, they had so many weapons. They had Andrew Corliss who was producing. They they actually used the tight end there. I mean, Jimmy Graham zero catches and back to back games here to fucking disaster of a contract. Uh embarrassing. Um so yeah, I think the offense is gonna be okay. Um they have you know, they had Eddie Lacey in that 14. Oh, that God, that 14 team was so good. So they don't have the talent. So I'm not saying they're going to turn it around to that extent, but I think they can, they have a much, much better defense this year. So I think they can turn it around and be a top 10-ish offense, hopefully, um, and have this defense that just, man, man, they look great. Man, they look great. Um, and really, I just, the only way this offense for Green Bay is truly broken is if you buy into Rodgers being washed, which I think really is a joke. Like, the, how about the touchdown throw he had to, MVS on the first drive of the game against Denver. Ridiculous. Like, I know he was open, but I mean, that's a go look at it. He's back foot. I mean, <laughs> terrible fundamentals, but just an absurd throw right on the money. Like, I just do not think that. Or you think LaFleur, or the other way you think it's broken is maybe you just, hey, maybe you just think LaFleur isn't very good. Um, I'd buy into that much more. Now, I'm not saying that. I still believe in Matt LaFleur. I think his scripts have been on point. So that gives me a lot of hope. Um, to start the game, but uh, I just really, you know, Green Bay always starts slow on offense. It feels like there's this has been kind of a theme throughout the Rodgers era. They're, they've had a lot of slow starts. If they're still this lackluster in October, mid October, go ahead, panic. But let's let's wait and see. I'm praying. I I think this can be the breakout game. I think this can be the breakout game on 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 tomorrow. Um. You know, because uh, you look on Sunday, Aaron Jones, he he got very, very small amount of carries, not a, a lot of touches. And I was upset. Uh, I, I I didn't like that. I, you know, he's one of my favorite players on the team. Um, so talented. Such a smooth runner. So I was upset with that. 
but then then it just it was pretty easy to see what they were doing it, it, they were they were just trying to preserve him you know short week there's short week coming up and they need him big time tomorrow big time i'm expecting a big game their game plan on sunday outside the script was so vanilla like it was a lot of throwaways from rogers i think that i think that was on you know maybe this is way too optimistic and this is way too glass half full but i'm i'm thinking that was just because they knew hey we're going to beat Denver at home. We're going to do enough to beat Denver at home. Flacco's going to give us a few, like, you know, all that. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping on Thursday against a banged-up Eagles defense, especially in the secondary, um, that they can break out on break out tomorrow. So, so yeah, I, I think Eagles cover the five-and-a-half right now. Packers win the game. That's, that's, that's what I think. Uh, um, so, yeah, uh, that's... Uh, that's kind of my thoughts on week three in the NFL and just, um, and just what, and then tomorrow's game, that's a really good Thursday night game. I think that's a really good one. A lot of people should be tuned in that one. Could be a possible playoff matchup, obviously getting ahead of ourselves there, but definitely could be. Um, last thing before we get out of here, some NBA, NBA is somehow only a month away. Whew. Sneaking up on me. I, I need to start preparing for this next season and, and stuff like that. But uh, an interesting thing today that I actually, it just kind of, I saw some discussions again on Twitter and I just thought, Hey, I'll just throw my opinion in on it. Uh, it was the uh, Jalen Brown Celtics extension talks. So yeah, we got some contract talks here. I know you guys love that. Um, I'll just, let me just pull up the report real fast here so I don't get anything wrong. But uh, yeah, so uh, it was from, the Celtics announcer, actually, I think. Who was it? No, NBA writer Sean Davini. Um, probably butchered that. But uh, the chances are pretty slim on a contract extension between the Boston Celtics and Jalen Brown. Uh, Brown's camp believes his value is closer to Ben Simmons and Jamal Murray's. Five years, 170, both for them, um, rather than the Chris Levert's three years, 52. Levert, Levert deals a steal, first of all. Jalen should think he's worth more than that. But I, I think I'm probably higher on Jalen than most. Um, I think Jalen's a good player. I think Jalen in, in today's NBA is kind of a, a guy that you really can't have enough of, that type of player where, you know, we'll get into the jump shot here in a second, but, you know, the question's about that. But still, like, he's it's at least respectable where you have to – you can't just completely not guard him. Um, you have to show him at least some respect, you know. You know, a little half-ass close out there or something. But uh, so yeah, and then he can handle a little bit. Um, still a little raw there, but he can handle a little bit. He can play make a little bit. You know, he's shown flashes of these things, and he's shown flashes of the jumper being legit. And then on the other side, he's a really good defender. So I think I'm higher on Jalen than most. Um, I, I'd be fine with five years, one ten. Like maybe you could meet in the middle somewhere of Lillavert and Jamal's contract. I think he's. I think Jalen is a good player. Like, and again, on the jump shot, like, I don't know how legitimate it is, but he's shown flashes. I don't know if he is a good shooter because the free throw percentages have kind of suggested that he's not, that his he's just kind of had some hot stretches here and there. But hey, at least that's something. Again, you got to respect that. And maybe he can keep getting better on the jumper. Um, I don't know. I don't know how legitimate the jumper is. He, like I said, he's shown flashes, but. Um, the like I just said, I just want to repeat myself. But the, the free throw percentage would suggest that it's not legit or not too legit. But again, he's shown some playmaking skills. Um, you know, he can kind of handle a bit, and then he's a good defender. So I'd be fine with five for one ten for Jalen. And you know, just on the other contracts, it's like so Ben Simmons and Jamal, they and they get the max, right? They just day one when they were eligible for that max, they got it. Jalen's not on that level. Um, I think he's a comparable player to Jamal. I think Jamal's better, but I think they're comparable. Obviously, Simmons is in a different class, I think. Just my opinion. I'm probably a bit higher on Simmons still than most. I, I just think he's, you know, not going to get into that right now, but uh, the Simmons conversation anyway. But uh, I, I just, I'd extend him. I, I'd want to extend him. I, I'd, I'd be fine with offering five for 110. You know, there's reports that Jalen wants uh, one, he wants 150. Um, that seems a bit steep, 
But and maybe then I think you could still get some decent value for Jalen. You could get decent value for Jalen. There's no doubt about that. Um, so yeah, I just I try and extend him though. If I'm if I was Boston, I definitely try and get that done. I, obviously, I would not prioritize him over Tatum. I think Tatum's a different level of player and a different, much a higher ceiling than Jalen. But now I don't want to be the. I hate the Celtics, so I don't even know why I'm saying this. But like the. The, the stats to Paul George are comparable. I mean, now Paul George, um, better athlete, I think, and all that, but just year by year, they're somewhat comparable when Paul George was a young kid, young player. I don't think Jalen's going to ever be as good as Paul George. Like Paul George, before he hurt his shoulder, was an MVP candidate this year. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. I I I don't I don't give me twisted here what I'm saying. He's not that level of player, but they the numbers are at least comparable any way you look at it. Um so I'd be fine with Jalen for 110. Um you know, maybe a little higher. Um you know, 150 is steep, but that's just what it is now. I mean, Jamal Jamal who I like a lot. I think Jamal Murray's good. I think he's really good. Um just like they just hand him 170 the first chance he gets i just think ben simmons is a level ahead of jamal you look at that draft class it's such a weird class because you got the simmons thing who i think is really good but just that's all weird jalen was kind of the, they, he was viewed as a he was viewed as a uh, reach where the celtics took him i think at three um and then you know you had jamal fall a little you had jamal in the six seven range it was that's a weird class, and now their their contracts are coming up, and it's inter- It's going to be interesting to see what these the, these guys get. I mean, let's pull up that draft class because that was such a weird class. It was one of the weaker class. It was it was uh, Simmons was by far undoubtedly the number one pick. He was the prize everyone wanted. Um, you had Ingram. That's going to be interesting. So you got Ingram. You had Ingram at two. That's going to be super interesting. What what the what the uh, Pelicans decided to do with him. I mean, that's. They're going to make him play. Like it doesn't look like that extension is getting done. So, so it's, it's, it's super interesting what these guys get, especially Jalen and Ingram. Um, I think Jalen and Ingram are comparable. I, um, players for sure. Um, so yeah. And then you had Bender. That's a disaster done. He's, you know, good defensive point guard, nothing more than that. Hill's a good player. So I, um, you just go through it. I think there are some better players than we, possibly thought you know you go down Malik Beasley nice player uh, Chris Levert nice player um but it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the Jalen thing um and hey maybe they don't get anything done and they shop him at the deadline that's and he does have value but just ultimately I try and extend him I think he's a good player um I think he can he's just going to keep getting better and It'll be interesting to watch Boston without Kemba this year. We're going to have a ton of NBA content. I'm telling you, once that gets going here and gets a bit closer, you know, we're in that two-week range, you know, before the start of the season. So here in about two weeks, we're going to be having podcasts about every single day. So, I mean, we we got a lot of stuff planned for that. Um, just going to be almost putting out content every single day at that point. I mean, it's going to be super fun. I'm really not ready for the Yankees to be playing in the postseason. We're going to get some baseball on here soon. I promise you that. So for my Yanks to be playing in the postseason, Packers season to be in full swing and the jazz season to start, like it's going to be, I mean, it's going to prove, it's going to be great for the show. We're going to have a ton of content where we're going to basically be turn, turn, tuning out episodes, um, turning out episodes every single day, but it's, it's going to be nerve wracking, not good for my uh, mental health too. We're a few weeks away from that. The Yankees play. The Yankees will be playing in a playoff game in nine days. Like that is absurd. This season has really flown by. Um, we're gonna have a playoff preview. That'll be a kind of separate show. Just what we think. Preview the ALDS matchups probably next week. Probably next Sunday night or Monday. Maybe we'll do a week four review and and then preview the baseball playoffs. And then the NBA is right around the corner. It really is. It's it's it really snuck up on me. I'm super excited. This is uh, probably the first year in my life where the Jazz actually have a legitimate shot to win the championship. I still fully believe that, but we'll get into all that more here as it gets even a bit more, a bit closer. Um, but that's it for the another episode of the Low Expectations podcast. Just 
Thank you guys for listening. This show has been brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is the best. Um, They're the sponsor for this show. We appreciate them for sponsoring this show. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast or listen to a podcast. I've been wanting to do something like this for a long time. I mean, I've really wanted to dive into a podcast and just full-fledged go into it, which I feel like we're finally doing now and get it out on all the platforms. But I was really confused. I I was confused on, hey, how do I record my podcast? How do I post my podcast? How do I edit my podcast? How do I get a sponsor on my podcast? How do I, you know, how do I promote my podcast? All the stuff that comes, all the questions that comes with doing this. And it's all answered by just signing up with Anchor. They will show you how. They will, there's an easy place to record your podcast and there's an easy place to record your podcast and edit it. You can do all that straight from Anchor on the website or the app. You can get the app on your phone, post your podcast or edit it. Just, you know, put descriptions in your podcast all that. I mean, you can do all that with Anchor. It's the easiest way to um, record a podcast and listen to a podcast. If you want to listen to a podcast on Anchor, you know, use the app, search a podcast, it'll pull right up. You want to, you want to listen online, search Anchor, create an account free to sign up and they do it for you. It's free sign up and you can make money doing it. It's an amazing, it's amazing website, amazing app. Um, and we appreciate them for sponsoring the show. So that's going to do it for another episode of Low Expectations Podcast. Um, subscribe on iTunes. We are now on there. We've been on there for a few weeks now. All the old episodes are on there too. If you want to go back and listen to them, they're all on there. Um, hey, and just give us that five-star rating. Everyone that's rated, I mean, you guys, that's awesome. Thank you guys. That's much, much appreciated. It just helps out so much with getting our podcast out there, getting the word out there. We're trying to do as good as work as we can here. Um, so yeah, just rate, and then if you want, if you feel inclined, leave a review. If not, just give us a rating. That's that's that works too. Five stars, five stars, five stars. Um, so yeah, uh, we appreciate it, and we'll be back. We'll be back tomorrow night, talking Packers Eagles. Like I said, very nervous. We're gonna be recapping that game. Hopefully, I am in a good mood. <laughs> Hopefully, it's because the Packers improved a four and zero. But if not, hey, I'll be here anyway. I'll take take my lumps. So. Um, yeah, that's going to do it. Thanks guys. Peace.